0: Hey, everybody, it's Maddie. Just a quick editing note. You'll hear at about 35 minutes in, I play a clip from actor Ryan Gosling. I played it to make a point, but when I introduced Ryan Gosling as the person speaking, my audio cut out. So just know that the clip I play is actor Ryan Gosling. Enjoy the episode. We're going to try to prove the supernatural. We're going to need some kind of visuals. People won't believe it. All right. I, I said we'd be back in the new year. I wasn't lying. Here we are.
1: Uh, it seemed like maybe you lied, but you didn't. We're doing it. <laughs> no, I mean, you didn't lie. So we're here. here Seems we are. like I lied. Um, what are you drinking? Oh, there's a bubbly. It's, have you ever had a bubbly? It's champagne in a no, can? No, no, it's,
0: it's flavored sparkling water. This is blackberry bubbly.
1: Are you influencing people right now? I'm an influencer. You certainly influenced me.
0: You've influenced me, all kidding aside, big time.
1: Um, Yeah, no, no kidding. No, no joke.
0: That's I, nice of you. Thank you. Yeah. Really, you would hope that you would influence each other and motivate yeah, like, each other. You
1: know how into karate I got since meeting you. It's changed my life, man.
0: So, Tony, it's a new year, new episode. Tonight, we will be doing a movie called Something in the Dirt. Uh, this movie was recommended by my partner, Tony, and we'll get into that. We'll do a top three list tonight, as always. Top three crappy apartments in movies. Boy, Tony, there's so much to catch up on, but New Year, how are things in 2023 so far?
1: So far, they're really good. Um, not gonna uh, i not going to complain. I sound kind of crappy. I'm getting over a cold. Just a cold. November relax. This is a cold. We still get those, too. And um, so I sound worse than I am. I feel fine. Thanks for asking. I also have started the new year, you know, uh, shooting uh, shooting a movie, and I love to do that. That's just the the most kind of fun thing to do, and to, you know, it's a privilege to start the new year doing what you love, so I got no complaints.
0: Well, gosh, uh, 2023 for me got, got off to a little bit of a rough start. I got sick over Christmas. F- and
1: that was terrible. <laughs> you, you you not being able to enjoy Christmas to the fullest extent of your ability is a sad thing.
0: Nightmare. It was a nightmare. I host an annual cocktail hour. I did it in quotes with my friends here in town. Had to cancel it. I got food. the hour.
1: Just so you know, the hour part was in quotes, not the cocktail part. Right? Because well, this is... Actually? You could do
0: either in quotes with some of my guests, if you know what I'm saying. Let's just say it's a little more than just bubbly.
1: The definitions get a little looser in the new millennia <laughs> here.
0: So anyway, I have this annual key party, excuse me, cocktail party. Well, huh. And and um, I had to cancel it. I was sick. I was delirious. It was awful. And um, the really funny thing happened, actually. This is a funny story. <laughs> so Max, my son, sings in the church choir. And I, uh, it's one of the great joys of my life is hearing his beautiful voice especially in a church connotation, him singing. And uh, so I was also going to miss the midnight mass with my son singing, which devastated me. And I'm kind of in this fever dream. It's Christmas Eve. I'm missing everything. There's There shall be no Christmas. I'm, I'm sick as a dog. And I opened my laptop because I remember in my delirium that uh, they Facebook live the masses at my church. So I'm like, oh, Experience. <laughs> so I open up my laptop. I'm alone in my room, quarantined Christmas Eve. They started singing silent night and they dimmed all the church lights. And all you could see was the lights of the altar and these white lights. And I'm just hearing the most gorgeous version of silent night by this church choir. And I'm like, I, I can hear, I can hear him. I can hear him. I can pick out his voice. I'm like, oh, he sounds so good. He sounds so good. I hear them downstairs. so I'm like, Oh, and I go, Max, you sounded so good tonight. He's like, what are you talking about? We've been here the whole time. <laughs> like, what? I never went to the mass because we didn't want to expose him to your sickness.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So, that's just priceless. Merry Christmas. It's priceless. Dad, I'm busy. What? I'm not I, I couldn't go because of you. What do you want now? Like, what are you talking about? You're the
0: reason I couldn't go. It's amazing how the mind plays tricks on you, Tony. So, you know, tough start, but I and I still have a cough of some four weeks later, I guess, but I feel great. I'm 100% back, working out, full schedule, all's well.
1: Well, okay, good. I'm glad you're back in working condition. Um, so we both, we both are a little, we, are, are, we sound worse than we are. You yeah. sound a little head coldy still. Yeah, you'll hear me cough
0: probably. Huh. Uh, you have a nice resin You should go oh, yeah. some, for some voiceover auditions uh, yeah, the next if few if weeks, I had baby.
1: A, if I had a nickel for every time, that's, I've heard that.
0: Every time someone said that,
1: yeah, well, you know,
0: um, did you watch? We get requests from people for us to talk about movies just in general, not just paranormal movies. That's what we specialize in. Um, have you seen any movies, paranormal or not, that stood out to you over the break? I've I, I watched a few.
1: Um, I'm trying to think because I, I was, I came home from this shoot really wiped out and I watched sure. a lot of movies, but I was sure. also kind of sick. So, a lot of it went by in a in a daze and it That's was the, the kind problem. of thing where uh, i was catching up with i'm a big fan of tubi i don't know if you watch that platform at all i'm aware of it it's great because they got the, this catalog of movies is insane they've just got yeah. uh, all these cult classics and crazy yeah. old films and there are commercial breaks but i don't care i grew up with commercial breaks on tv sure. so it's a, it fine. so it's a free service and you can see all these titles that you really, they are really hard to find in some mm-hmm, cases. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like just let them, it just kind of rolls out. Like I'll, I'll pick a Charlie Bronson movie, which I did called violent city, which you made with Jill Ireland back in like 1980, you know, in Italy, dig it, dirty money movie. Definitely no, no budget for anything, but his plane ticket and her wardrobe. <laughs> um, and you, you know, a lot of st- movies with stunts in them that they can't do anymore because it used to be the seventies and it was crazy. Right. And um, movies like that. Uh, And it would just like, you just go hit play. And then the next one would just like, you might like this. And I was too tired to tell it not to do it. So yes. Yes. I saw a lot of Giallo stuff that I hadn't seen. Um, I saw Torso, which is a famous, not Giallo really, but more of an Italian horror movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh God. It's all a blur. Nothing much new. Really? Yeah. I saw white noise. Not going to really comment on that. Um, (laughs) What about you?
0: I saw a couple, uh, again, yeah, ill, so I wasn't like super into it. I tried to read a lot over the break, but then, you know, when you're sick, it's hard to read. So I, I, my whole cutoff was, um, or my whole bar for what I was going to watch was, is it free and is it on a platform? I have. And so I happened to have Hulu, and I saw a couple of Hulu movies. One of them really pleasantly surprised me. It was called The Cursed, and actually, it's a movie I would like to tackle here. It is definitely paranormal. It stars Kelly Riley, who Yellowstone fans would know as Beth Dutton, and uh, this guy, Boyd Holbrook. I'm not sure if he's related to Hal Holbrook or not, but he's a great actor. I I was like, where do I know this guy from? And then struck me. He was in Narcos, a series I loved a lot. He was one of the DEA agents in Narcos. If you saw that series, he's kind of the tall, rangy, blonde DEA agent. And it's this 19th century France movie, supernatural movie, and like 10 minutes in, I'm like, ugh, period piece, paranormal werewolf, I'm out. But I just kept it going. Ended up loving it. It's a real surprise, and I'd love you to check it out, Tony. It's a movie we should probably tackle. 2021 right. horror, The Cursed. Okay, uh, cool. Kind of a different take on a werewolf movie in a way. Um, All right,
1: re- really fun. Did you ever see? Speaking of French werewolf movies, uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. I have not. That's entertaining.
0: Oh, all right. I will check it out. Um, There was another movie that exactly as you described, Tony, and Nailed is like, you might be interested in this because you watched that, which queued underneath it. I think it had a retitling because as I watched it, I swear it was called The Lodge or something like that. But when I search it, it's called uh, Gone in the Night, Winona Ryder. And another oh, movie. Oh, it's a new
1: It's a new one. It's like post Stranger Things. I haven't
0: seen it. 100%. 100%. Um it was at, it was at, it did well at south by southwest apparently uh and was an audience favorite i guess um again 10 minutes in i'm like I, 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 the boyfriend was annoying which pays off actually uh, there's a reason for that it was one of those performances we've talked about it before in this podcast you're like i'm probably supposed to hate this guy but the actor himself is annoying me you know what i mean like it's a fine line sometimes between sure is yeah. this guy just annoying or is it a, it was a purposeful thing and it pays off. So if you, uh, if you can stay with it, but an incredible performance, an early lead for my performance of the year, maybe when we do our Maddie and Tony's event next year is Dermot Mulroney in this movie is awesome. And that's all I'll say. So okay. two little surprises too. And then I saw a bunch of crap that I won't even mention. So,
1: okay. I will, I will see that. Yeah. Is it yeah.
0: supernatural or paranormal? I'm not going to say because
1: okay. All right. I want you
0: to discover oh, it yourself. Now my interest
1: is really piqued.
0: I thought it was 100% one of those, and it turns okay. out to not be one of those. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you in which direction. Okay. Right, because that's part um, of its charm. That's part of its surprise.
1: Not in a paranormal zone. I just need to give a shout out to um, this book I read over the break, which is called The Big Goodbye. I believe I have that right. Yeah, and it's, oh. by, um, it's by this guy Sam Wasson it's about the making of uh, chinatown um, oh it's a really intense dive into uh, all the lead players in putting that movie together including robert evans who's you know an incredible character just like amazing weird characters who made this film obviously polanski's a strange character they go into stuff in this book He 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 kind of paints the picture of um like new Hollywood in the late sixties and early seventies, better than almost any book I've ever, I've ever read. Okay. So if you liked, for instance, you know, um, um, once upon a time in Hollywood, you know, as a viewer and you haven't seen Chinatown, it's a, it's an interesting movie to see because it was made, you know, right after that time period and the making of the movie involved a lot of the players that are in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it was really cool. Great book really recommend it if you like, you know, industry books. Mm. Um, and then I rewatched the movie again uh, because, you know, I wanted to check it out with all that new info and that, you know, I don't know if we've never talked about it cause it's obviously not paranormal. Do, what's your, do you have a, like a feeling about Chinatown? Chinatown?
0: You, incredible. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's funny. It's funny. This is kind of a synchronicity cause it was in my feed literally like yesterday in my little social media feed on my computer at work. And it was, um, perhaps greatest last line in movie history. And it was the, ch- Hey, it's Chinatown, you yeah, know, um, it's
1: Chinatown. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was just on my mind. The other reason it was on my mind is Jack Nicholson was in the news today that some of his friends are kind of alluding to the fact that we might be losing him uh, soon. He has not been out of his place and there's some scuttlebutt about that. So I know I he's, he's not
1: been well recently. So yeah, not, not good. Really sad. It's
0: sad to think about, but um, did I ever tell you I saw Robert Evans speak? No. Yes. Totally unexpected. So I wrote this screenplay uh, years and years ago when I was first starting out of the business and I entered it into a contest. So we had this big conference. It was probably a moneymaker for them, but it was kind of cool to do. And at the end of it, totally unexpectedly, there's only like 150 of us in a banquet hall, three days working on our scripts. And uh, fricking Robert Evans was the keynote speaker. He came out. He was super old. He looked like Elvis. He had scarves and the glasses and the rings. And he gave a great speech. He opened, I'll never forget, he opened it like this. He goes on, This weekend, a beautiful little movie came out. (laughs) <laughs> written by so-and-so. He went through the list. He goes, it's called The Italian Job. And it's a wonderful, beautiful little movie. It made about a million dollars. Meanwhile, Jackass just made $700 million. My friends, we have a problem in this country. The American film is the number one export. We have to do better. I'm like, ooh, this has got to be freaking good. <laughs> it's like, that's how he opened.
1: Yeah, he, you know, <laughs> he really... uh Amazing guy. I mean, he yeah. spoke a lot of truth. He did a lot of really crazy stuff. I mean, nobody was like him at all. It, it, a great documentary. Did you ever see Kid Stays in the Picture? Indeed, I did. Great doc <sighs> about him. What Just, a wild... They, you know, they don't they, they don't make movies like that anymore. They don't make mm-hmm. people like that anymore. They mm-hmm. don't run Hollywood like that anymore. No. And um, they're a good re- that that's a good thing and a tragic thing at the same time. Yes.
0: All right, Tony, I w- want to get started and kick this off. Our first film of twenty twenty three.
1: I do let's do it we're here let's go there's something in the dirt i still believe part of it was real this city was designed according to this tablet maybe these gateways to other dimensions are actually all around us i don't think anything is worth what happened you don't think that has anything to do with what
0: we're doing downstairs we're not quite in dangerous uncharted territory yet 2022's something in the dirt a filmmaking duo named Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. This is described, Tony, as a twisted reflection of our paranoid times in an inventive mix of buddy comedy, horror, and a sci-fi thriller. Tony, you recommended this movie to me to kick off the new year. Uh, tell me how you became aware of it and why you recommended it.
1: Um. Well, to be totally truthful, I didn't recommend it because I hadn't seen it. i I only knew of it um oh great i love that i knew the directors and creators of it these guys justin benson and aaron moorhead um they've made two other movies they've made uh, more than two but i've seen two of their earlier films and was on board i i like their stuff i i I like their earlier movies and was actually just excited to see what they were going to come up with particularly you know after this lockdown because it's been challenging. I was happy to see that they actually did something. Yes. Um. And uh, so you know that that was why I had, I had no other knowledge of it other than seeing the poster.
0: Um. So basically, the setup is this, and it's funny you mentioned lockdown. It's very much a lockdown movie in a lot of ways, which we'll yeah, get into.
1: Maybe the maybe the champ. Yeah, it might be, it might be.
0: Uh, John and Levi, they're kind of um, accidental neighbors when one of them moves into the other one's apartment complex. Uh, They start witnessing supernatural events together in this cramped Los Angeles apartment. They realize that documenting this paranormal event could actually get them famous and do something to their lives, which have heretofore been, let's just say, underwhelming. Um, So they start going down this rabbit hole and. They've developed a friendship, but as it goes, it starts to kind of fray as they keep going deeper and deeper into the phenomena. And it involves Los Angeles itself and some issues in society and religion. It's got a lot going on, a lot to say. I'm not sure I understood all of it. I'm not sure what all of it means. I'll try my best to kind of give what I think. But Tony, this could be, if we're not careful, a three-hour podcast because this movie is dense.
1: Yeah, well, all their stuff really is. Have you seen them? Um, did you see what was it? The Endless. I have not seen
0: them. I did not even know who they were, which I love that because this yeah. was kind of a revelation to me as it went on. I was like, whoa, whoa, what's who are these guys? You yeah, know, I, well, I'm, yeah.
1: They made a. They also made a movie called Spring, which I really dug. So they've 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 done stuff that, um, they've co directed. I think everything. Uh, I think Justin Benson is the writer, more the writer. It certainly he says he's credited with writing this one. Um, and they acted together in another film as well called the endless, which yeah. is also worth seeing, I think. Um, and so they have a cool vibe with each other. I, it, I think that you, all you have to do is go check out some interviews with them. If you want to maybe be fans of them as people <laughs> and, he, cool. and hear their story kind of behind this. Um, yeah. they had decided that they'd made like these, these gorilla films, their earlier films, were real gorilla style, like they made it with themselves in it, or just with a two person crew, you know, really, really tiny. And they really made a big splash with these little films that they handmade, you know, and they had fully anticipated moving on, making a bigger studio movie, having something with a little bit of money behind it, but they kept coming back to working together as friends and just working with friends. And they were like, they, they at this point they were like, that's kind of why we do this. Like mm-hmm. we're just like doing that. And the ethic behind that is so great to hear these days that people do stuff because they just like each other and they want to do something.
0: And now this movie's gonna make them totally famous and it's gonna ruin everything. They'll, it may, it totally. They'll never people.
1: talk again. Ever.
0: <laughs> which which is what this movie's about in so many ways. It's mm-hmm. so meta because what we're describing right now and the joke I just made about, you know. Uh, a, a Hollywood agent finding them and then, then making a hundred million dollar movie is a lot of what this movie's about. I truly believe about the yeah. creative process, movie making, what can happen when different
1: ideas clash. Absolutely. That's some of the funniest stuff in it oh. as their ideas about the So it's about these two guys that experience the, these phenomenon in the apartment and they're, it's really just the two of them. They're the only characters in the movie. Uh, and, and, they decide to do a documentary about it and they're bickering about the style is some of my favorite stuff in it. Incredible. Um, And
0: you know, it's such a smart movie because they're bickering about the style of the documentary. They're starting to perform, which is really amazing to watch because when it first starts, it's so organic. They see something paranormal. They're like, let's film it and we can be on Netflix and be stars. And as it goes, you see them starting to perform in their setups. Like, is that good? Is that good? Should I do that again? Do that? They're, they're becoming actors. They're becoming talent yeah. hosts. You know, and it's great, and it's ruining it, really. You know, um, yeah. And then also to your point, they both have an idea of what this paranormal thing is, or ideas, many ideas, and they start to clash on those ideas. And one of them, uh, John, is a bit of a um, tyrant when it comes to ideas, and. If anything, if Levi, the other character, has an idea, he just immediately kind of dismisses it. And it, all I could think of, there's there's a scene where the the paranormal thing is going on. And Levi's going, you know, I read this thing one time, and this and this and this, and John's just completely dismissing him, going like, well, what it is is clearly this and this and this. And I thought to myself, okay, that shiny thing is the movie, right? And these are the two director, writers, actors, whatever they are, the creatives of the movie. And they're clashing, and they're missing ruining this beautiful thing over their stupid, petty little ideas of what it is.
1: Oh yeah. That's a a good reading on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their, their relationship is so is really what this thing is about to me. Uh, You know, you say like, well, we could unpack this forever. I'm not entirely sure that there's a bottom to it because one of the things I, to me that I took away from the film was that, that we've talked about on the show is that the pursuit of this of the supernatural and the paranormal can for some people lead to nowhere and be just an empty nothing that drives you mad and so they were really honest about that and so i could see them constructing a constructing this from the from the outside in in fact like going well we have no and we have no just reason why this supernatural event's taking place, but let's just say it does. Yes. And then we'll re then we'll like retrofit maybe various ideas about why, but I don't think necessarily anybody comes to the conclusions of what anything actually does mean or if it is connected to any of the other things they're talking about.
0: One hundred percent. And you, you can't watch this movie and not think of John Keel and that these guys have read John Keel, they know about John yeah. Keel, because it becomes basically them uh, theorizing about all kinds of things about the paranormal. Well, it could be this, it could be mind control. It could be a time warp. Right. I read this article about this, and these are the type a of wormholes, All the mean? stuff you hear leaving yes. on Skinwalker Ranch, like they yes. go through the litany. And it's, it's the type of conversation, what it devolves into, and this was very shrewd on their part, and I think purposeful, oh, I know purposeful in my opinion definitely purposeful. You have to be really careful with paranormal discussions. I've learned over the years, or at least, no, let me rephrase that. That's a rule for, that's a general rule I'm throwing on people. I have become very careful about with whom I have paranormal discussions, theological discussions, discussions about religion, only because, not because I think I know better, but because I know how much I don't know. And what I've come to not enjoy are like these kind of quick, off-handed, well, I read this thing about this thing, and uh, so clearly, well, you know, no, it's this. It's probably this. That goes nowhere fast. And I think these two, like, I love talking paranormal with you because you're judicious, you're smart, you take your time, you really think about it. These two are in this kind of nasty cycle of kind of trying to outdo each other with ideas, about this stuff. And once you get there in paranormal discussions and anyone who's into this knows what I'm talking about, once it becomes an almost kind of one-upping with just a little bit of knowledge is dangerous type of thing, it devolves into what we see. And I, this, as I was watching this, I'm like, Oh my God, this movie is my worst fear in a way of being with a guy like this. Who's kind of a holier than now, but he thinks he knows a lot, but he kind of doesn't. He's just read some articles on it. and He's just going to pontificate about supernatural item. Does Yeah.
1: Yeah, you get insane. You go insane. You go mad. And and and, but the what the thing I loved about the movie is that there isn't a question about whether something is supernatural is happening. They show you the audience objectively, right? Not from not just from one of their point of view, from both of their point of views, and they show it to us when we're they're not even looking. Right. Think unexplained things are happening in this movie, so it's not a debate about like, well, this stuff can't happen or, you know, something's happening. Yeah. And that's when the conversation get actually interesting and deep deeper because none of, nobody wants to see like that level of Dubois, as you call it, where someone's just like, it's not actually a thing. No, Mm -hmm. they present this to you so that if you were there in the room with them, you'd be equally on the, you'd be on the hunt for an answer. You would be, have to be. And so it's very fair and balanced about it while still saying like, no, it's not. We're not debating whether the paranormal exists with us. It, it does. What are what do we do with that as people? Here's the thing, though. I agree with you that they
0: as far as they're concerned, their POV is this happened in our apartment. But then we're told as the audience, as it goes on, that everything we're seeing is a recreation because all the files were lost somehow. So then that does put into the question for us as the audience, is everything we're seeing, did it happen? Or is this something that they kind of.
1: I I get. Yeah, I understand. But at a a certain point, that's a completely uh, fruitless and uninteresting avenue to go down with with analysis, because it's like, you know, okay, well, then at that point, all bets are off. I don't know if they give you enough information about the documentary. I mean, my, 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 my issues about the movie actually have more to do with the way that it's a documentary, the way that the fact that it's a documentary or a fake documentary, the way that it's presented, I feel is lumpy and weird. I, I don't, I, when they cut to the first talking head, after you feel like you've just been watching a film yeah. of two people, and then you cut to a talking head, a recreation of an interview um, it's jarring on purpose, but also it, 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 also led to questions. I didn't feel that need to be asked or, or answered because so, there's no way to know at that point, at that point, like, okay, they faked it. Well, Unless you showed me us, this right. in a movie, so mm-hmm. I don't know. And at that point, it's still just a character study and it doesn't matter because it's about these two guys. So. We're in
0: lockstep on that. We're in lockstep on that. Cause I was interested in their relationship, the way they were exploring paranormal issues and I kind of—that's where it lost me of the whole kind of, if you will, the moviness of it. There kind of M Night Shyamalan twist, if you will. Like, you know, so yes, because there's—they give us clues, which clues I was actually uninterested in. So they say things like um, they called in a doctor, and they're trying to present it as this doctor who know who would know about metaphysics and all this stuff to prove what they're saying is real. And the guy kind of goes like, "Well, oh, she was an art history major," and it cuts really quick. Alluding to the fact that nothing really happened here. They were just trying to make an awesome documentary. And fine, whatever. But, like, I was uninterested in that part of the story. To your point, I was more yeah. interested in everything else.
1: Well, I, you know, I understand why they put that in there, uh, I guess. I think that, you know, you're making this movie under lockdown conditions, essentially. Although, to, actually, they didn't. They prepped the movie during lockdown, anticipating that they may have to shoot it there, but lockdown kind of ended by the time they shot. So they used that whole period as a time to really get all the ducks in a row and to organize the film. It shows. And it does show. I just think that they absolutely didn't need the movie within a movie.
0: That's, and I, I would
1: agree with that. I would have I, I mean, it was that. wasted on me because I could understand them being like, well, we got to put more in this movie than just us talking. And they didn't. They really you t- didn't.
0: Y- you took the words out of my mouth. Like, I feel like they didn't trust, like – Instead of making a movie about two guys who saw a paranormal event and what would happen then in the de- devolving of that, they said, like, well, what if we'll leave it up to the audience? Did it even happen? And did they see it? It's like, we didn't need yeah, that. I'm, I'm did, getting,
1: I, and I'm just personally finding that that's a whole trope I'm bored with in agreed. movies in general. I'm like, uh, did it happen? Did it not? We, Is somebody schizophrenic or not schizophrenic? Yes, I mean, sir. it's a it's a movie. It's like when they put a dream in a movie. I'm like, it's already a dream. It's a movie. Why do you have to put a, <laughs> you know, most I of could, the time it's just like uh, not trusting that you have something Uh, that's engaging as it is.
0: It's the only Um, part of this movie I found uninteresting because this movie is interesting as hell.
1: That being said, you know, I think that the people that are interviewed do a good job. I think they're actually good actors and they, and that one dude who plays the science, the geologist is really funny. Amazing too. Just didn't need it in the, in the movie.
0: Yeah. So we're on lockstep on that. This podcast is about us rating and reviewing paranormal themed film and television And we often talk about, like, how well did this movie handle paranormal topics? And I think this movie, as you said at the beginning and alluded to, man, they hit it, a lot of it. Uh, They hit it quickly, but smartly. And there's a lot of paranormal themes in this movie. And again, the whole John Keel thing, it, it walks down that road of synchronicities, coincidences. It reminded me, they must have also watched the Kentucky Goblin series that we watched because you know with the connections they're making some of might be forced some not you don't know um the knowledge of the city they have and how that plays into Yeah I mean
1: it's a really cool LA movie it's a cool movie about Los Angeles I mean having having lived there um at a, you know when I didn't have money and I had a crappy apartment back in the day it they really nailed that some of it was kind of traumatic to see and to go through because those guys that that's those are two la dudes i knew those guys like i really did i just i do want to say this because i could see people maybe if they heard are are talking about it rushing out to see it understand this this is a quintessentially low budget movie yes one of the cool things about it i think you have to understand most of this movie was made with two dudes in an apartment together who were shooting it and acting in it at the same time just having been through a guerrilla experience myself shooting some stuff um and we had a lot more than they did it is unbelievably difficult to to work that way um this the the, the restrictions on what you can and can't do are really really heavy and so watch this understanding that that's the exercise their exercise was Two guys in a room, it's all we have, it's locked down, we don't have any money or people that we can make this movie with, but we want to make a movie and we want to make it as entertaining as possible. I think if you you see it with that in mind, with that spirit in mind, you're going to really get with it.
0: Through that lens, it is so impressive what they do. The whole time I kept going like, I can't believe they're pulling this off. I can't right. believe they did this because I knew exactly just in watching it, I knew what it was. I knew there's two dudes in a hot and sweaty yeah. apartment, I mean, maybe
1: three, maybe four. In, in the Earth, which is a similarly titled movie, another lockdown movie we covered. I, I think, you know, if you're going to compare them visually in the Earth is made by kind of a master visual craftsman like Ben Wheatley knows how to make a trippy film for nothing. This is a little bit this suffers a little bit from not having a DP in the room with them, you know, not, not having somebody thinking about this in terms of structuring it, vi- structuring it visually. So you're not getting a full cinema meal out of this, but the script and their performances and their dedication to it. Well, and I it, think it, like it we just, said, the truth of them uh, going through this paranormal experience is something I always complain about on the show is I just don't believe yes. the people experiencing it have yes. really touched something. They don't understand
0: what they pulled from, a freaking apartment in LA is incredible. Amazing, you know what I mean, it, it, they spend 90% of the time in that crappy little apartment complex. And, and it's just, it's just, you're on the edge of your seat. You're yeah. it's, it's amazing what they did. And I, I i got it the whole time. Like, wow. And let me say this, the highest compliment I can pay it is that I believe if I was there in Brooklyn, three apartments down from you, this is the movie we would this end is, up making.
1: This is the movie I would hope that we would have made.
0: Exactly. Except for what we've already described. Some of the elements, maybe we weren't so crazy about I, I or i'd like to think we wouldn't
1: yeah That's, i would and, have been more than proud to walk away from this lockdown with a movie like this the, um,
0: the, 100 percent. it's just and and wow. i even
1: and i even it's very anti-hollywood and it's in everything about it it's not glossy it's not you know the effects are actually pretty great because they keep it really simple but they sell this paranormal event which is a small event it's not like earth shattering but it's weird enough and believable enough that it really makes you want to know what's going on in that closet. Like I really was up to, for days thinking about what was in that closet. Right. And it's just a closet. Like they made mm-hmm. more out of a, just an empty closet than, than I mean, than any film with things jumping out at you from CGI, you know, just regions.
0: great. Just great on that score. Absolutely. I saw it's Sony. It's, it's anti-Hollywood. Definitely. It, it, in terms of its spirit and just how they made it.
1: Yeah. Well, Although it's purely Hollywood. in and, the sense, And that.
0: yet at the same time, an absolute love letter to LA. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a clip that's going around the internet. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm going to play it here now real quick. Cause I think it really sums up these two characters in a lot of ways. You said you knew these guys. I had an apartment for six, or eight months in LA. I did that whole thing too. Not as long as you, but I was there and I'm going to play it now and, And this will ring true to these characters and i think a major part of what this movie is about is what ryan says right here
1: that's the best part about los angeles it's filled with all these like don quixote type characters you know people who've come from everyone's left their families their homes their friends their jobs to pursue a dream where they know that the percentage of them achieving that dream is never and they do it anyway uh yeah i mean that is that that is that is captured in this movie better than in a lot of movies about hollywood the movie business like they they you know these are two people that are there too long They're, they're two guys that really should be moving on to back to their hometowns or or somewhere else and um they just decide to stay a little bit longer than they should and that hmm. kind of madness does take over people i think who who just decide to live in that level of rejection um and not you know necessarily empower themselves uh by you know going to, to a place where they're happy where they can maybe do something similar because la is just not really there to fulfill your dreams and this movie certainly shows you that without really talking about it which i admired you know under the silver lake is another conspiracy black comedy satire-ish movie about a one guy who's living in a crappy apartment right near where this one is and uncovers a paranormal possibly conspiracy thing and goes down a rabbit hole and it's also about la and about mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. it's it's maybe the movie that looks like these, these guys might have wanted to make a movie that looked like that
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it's a very pretty movie. But this is, I think, 10 times the movie that is. So anyway, I don't mean to crap on it. It's So it has some good stuff in it, too, directed by the guy who did uh, It Follows. You know, it's good. But this one has got a lot of grit to it that I no. just was – I haven't seen since almost like the 90s in terms of like mm. – You know we're not gonna make a pretty movie we're just gonna make a gritty movie about these two guys and it's it's not gonna be fussed over or you know too glossy or anything um and i just i don't know i really got with that
0: there's a moment that i think well there's several moments like this but one of the incredible things is it's it's truly you mentioned this term earlier it's a character study uh wrapped up in a paranormal sci-fi movie and there's to prove that point you know, they come to an almost Shakespearean level fight, and they're just back and forth to each other. Just, this just arrows, emotional arrows to the gut of both of them. And this is like while wow, this incredible paranormal thing is going on, so right, and it's yeah. like it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's about what we do to each other. And I just love that. I was like drinking that scene in. I'm like, this is so good
1: because mm-hmm. that's where that movie shows its 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 weight and that's why having it just be a maybe it didn't happen thing makes no sense because mm. it, that's not what the movie's about anyway it's a right, you know what i mean right, it's like so right. what difference it does it matter, make? If it it happened matter. Or not? it's about these that's right. guys
0: that's right
1: the catalyst was this event and that's right taking that event away means there's a whole bunch of stuff that you just decided not to show us right Right. Which then becomes like, well, then I don't know if I like that movie because what it's really about, you just didn't show us that you just decided to allude to it. One thought is like, well, if
0: they're both so, and, and this could be what the movie's about also is like that desire. They've stayed too long. They haven't made it that desire to make it. They're both got a shady past. They're both kind of con artists, you could say in some sense. Uh, that they just wanted this to be true so bad that they're just going to make it happen. And that's their fatal flaw that they're lying. And, and, and so that's one way to look at the movie. I'm not saying that's what it is, nor am I interested in that part of it. Yeah. But, I,
1: okay. Yeah. But that's I mean, yeah. maybe
0: one way to look at it.
1: I guess that, you know, you got to give the skeptics their due in every, every movie they ever made. Now, I guess, I, I, yeah, I, mean, but I, I agree. Don't, I don't... If
0: they had just, if that was just the thing, yeah, I completely agree. Um, so that was the well, only. I, way it's like it a, missed. you
1: know, in a serious mind, I mean, like so in in like the Conjuring films, no, it's 100. percent We take it very seriously, even though that stuff has been debunked. It's ridiculous, and it's ridiculous. It's a fantasy yeah. about stuff that's, you know, I mean, the level of of paranormal going on in this movie is peanuts compared to what it's, we have on a record going on. I mean, yeah, it's, not, it's so like a Yuri Geller trick. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's no worse than
0: that. Yeah. Uh, so go with it. Go. We don't need that. And anyway. Then, yeah. It, yeah. But so, so that's where the movie just really hits a home run is the character development, their relationship, all the themes that they talk about again, that I felt the, I alluded to this earlier, but I felt the kind of maybe, maybe this is just my own. Shit, I don't know, but like I felt that, drowning panic of being in an apartment drunk with someone who's high and drunk and we're just like that feeling you go like i'm wasting my life here talking about this for five hours and six hours and eight hours and we're getting nowhere
1: yeah yeah. you you know that feeling no i I do this movie captures that so well it truly does it captures that sweaty disappointment of having stayed too long at whatever party that now with the light coming in you don't even know why you went oh, in the first place oh
0: and i'm 39 yeah. years old or whatever know. you know what i mean like that yeah it, like, it really oh.
1: does it really does capture that it's so uh, yeah good. for me um yeah there's there's you know making them a lot of parallels actually to nope you know I mean, you could say it's the, kind of the same if – two people given the same idea, basic concept. Yes.
0: They're going to film you know? it and make a million dollars. Yes. I mean,
1: you know, people Good encountering the unknown and what they do with about,
0: it. Didn't even think about
1: um, and, um, it. And I love little, this movie more because it's like, yeah, you could do it with a handicap in your apartment. You don't need uh, – it's, ha- it's so awesome. It's
0: such a DIY movie. Perfect for you right now as you're going through a DIY really, movie. Yeah, and
1: then uh, it spoke to me for that reason, yeah.
0: It also reminded me of uh, – do you remember Memento?
1: yeah i thought of that too yeah Absolutely. yeah the writing yeah. on
0: the walls and the kind of almost like a hotel yeah.
1: type of feel you know it's got that kind of feel to it in terms of the mystery that never seems to get resolved That yes. keeps getting weirder that yes gets you weirder as you as you get deeper into it funny lines too <laughs> i have a bunch of things here that just cracked me up man a lobster the size of danny devito come on <laughs> yes brilliant yes great hungry dave the squirrel don't let her get don't let her get to eye level like yeah, just, yeah
0: yeah it's very aggressive don't let it get to eye level
1: and then my favorite exchange my favorite when they're like witnessing this thing and they're kind yes. of freaking out for the yes. early on in the movie it's like 30 minutes in yes and uh it's dave and levi or is john and Levi? john and levi john, john says do i seem okay and levi says I don't know you. I don't know you. Yes. And John goes, well, does it seem like I'm having a psychotic break? And Levi goes, no, psychotic breaks are totally, totally different. You look totally different. <laughs> yeah. i know then. Oh, just
0: good stuff. I'm uh, not making I- a Dan Brown documentary.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: one of my favorite moments is when John is doing a walk and talk and <laughs> He's doing it, and you think it's like authentic in the moment. And then he bends down, and he goes like something in the dirt. Was that good? Should I do it again? I mean, is that believable? He's like, yeah, cool. You did that voice, and he's like, wait, what voice? <laughs> he like, he's like, he starts giving him notes, kind of like, un- but like backhandedly. I'm like, exactly. this is freaking brilliant. If anyone's ever done anything in this business, uh, fantastic.
1: I was really into skateboard clothes, but my parole officer was really against me being in fashion. <laughs> This is absurd, absurd, wonderfully absurd stuff. Little smart
0: touches too. I knew as you steal another Tony Arkin line, I knew I was in good hands when he's digging through his bag at the beginning of the movie and you see a mask and snorkel. (laughs) And that's all you get. And then it's just then every story that he tells that ends up mattering to the plot very much is justified we don't get a whole thing well i started fishing when i was seven years old you see i'm a diver you see i'm a spear fisher. like no just show me the mask we're good on we move it's like great yep. screenwriting
1: yeah i think so too and so mysterious it starts mm-hmm. so mysteriously and you really don't you know i i i think you know picking it apart I get why people would want to do it. To me, it would lead nowhere just like they end up nowhere, even if you figured it out. There's something about just the mystery of it that is exactly the way it needs to be. You don't know where he comes from. It's as if he really did appear in that apartment out of nowhere in the beginning. That's it. And you really, the way he's behaving, you think that's really what has happened. Curious, uh, because you're a Bible scholar, which I am not. John and Levi are these names that may have... uh,
0: Absolutely I haven't even started to digest that. I mean Levi's definitely a biblical name. Uh John, the apostle John yeah. who I mean John, you know, is is the New Testament in so many ways like the apostle John. You know the whole right. thing go through the whole So
1: he thing. so he so John kind of like so he'd made the documentary that John would make sense that he was the final word on the documentary.
0: Bingo. Like the New Testament uh reveals everything that the Old Testament pre- right. predicted basically. And Levi in this no one movie is
1: played by, you know, by um Justin Benson as this kind of burnout ex-surfer dude with like uh, anarchic tattoos and potentially like ex-satanic, like mental problems. Well, mental problems for sure, but also a background in something that may or may not be a little nefarious, kind of the opposite. Well, it's really clear that one guy goes to Bible study every day. Fundamentalist. (laughs) Yep. And is kind of cracked over that stuff. And this guy may have been cracked over some stuff he did on the other side of it. Uh So in another way, it's almost like,
0: Angel, devil, Angel, devil or, working yes, it out together. one hundred percent. And the fact an that al- they
1: come together in a, in and of itself is the reason why this rift happens.
0: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's certainly, like Levi certainly questions John's beliefs, and John overtly dismisses Levi's beliefs as a neophyte dummy, basically. Yeah. And, and John, he's very and Levi gets his
1: feelings really hurt,
0: <laughs> and they, but they both. Pack punches, you know. Like it's right. not like Levi's this defenseless mental. Right. He pa- he gives John right back, man.
1: And his fear and dream is falling, falling, mm. falling from heaven, falling to hell, falling. So I think there's a lot of stuff. You know, I'd like Good you call. to go do some homework and read <laughs> up on this, and we'll talk about the Bible influences uh, in that because I think there's probably uh, a it's lot probably of rep- packed. Yeah. Well, stuff.
0: I was halfway through the movie more than halfway when I started kind of thinking down that line, I, I it didn't even occur. I was so into the narrative and the, what they were pulling off. I was like, Oh, this whole thing could be about God and the devil or something, you know? So yeah. And then the name Levi, I'm like, of course, of course. And John, of course. Yeah. So I, t- I, I would need to watch it again and really look for, I'm sure there's a ton. Oh, like a forbidden fruit. There's a forbidden fruit in the movie. Yes, there I is. Mean, right. Could go on and on and on. Yeah. yeah. So that's great stuff. There's a lot in there. I got to say one thing and it's just for you and me, but. Does Justin Benson, who plays Levi, remind me of your writing and creative partner Michael King? He reminds me of Michael so much, and that's a compliment. Yeah.
1: No, he's I a can freaking see that.
0: hell of an actor.
1: No, I can see that, right? Yeah. No, I mean, kept, I'm yeah. like, that's
0: Michael King, even the hair. Like, it was just great.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that I can see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. wrote it, so there's a lot yeah. of parallels there too. Yeah i'd no, like to see the no, four true. of you guys make a movie together i'd like to see you justin aaron and michael make a movie together
1: well and that's what we keep saying and then it's like it's hard if it the movies get complicated and i'm like let's just shoot it with a handycam in an apartment but it always ends up being like no we have to shoot it with real cameras all right we gotta really do this like it's a professional i'm like okay it would be uh incredibly fun to make a movie under these restrictions sometime uh-huh. you know really just like we got a weekend let's see what we what we it's, can do
0: it's like my dream more than anything is just i, w- I want to go to like a a log cabin with you and Michael and just make a movie. Like I, that's something my dream. Can we we do it? it it.
1: Brooklyn, your coffee. I, do we have to go to a log cabin? Can you stay at a hotel?
0: Coincidentally, I just Google mapped a Brooklyn coffee shop called the log cabin.
1: Well, there is fate. There it is. We can't deny it. We're (laughs) down the rabbit hole now.
0: (laughs) See synchronicity. Uh, and its address is 1908. No. Um, (laughs) okay. Final thoughts on this before we get to our top three list, Tony.
1: Um, uh, you know, it's my, this is, I think my favorite lockdown movie, my favorite movie that was made you know, awesome. during this process because of, because of lockdown, it was made this way because of it. Um, it's the one that feels least, um, uh, I don't know, opportunistic, it, the most honest. It feels like a movie they would have made regardless, but that they just had the courage to, to just be like, you know, we don't know if anyone's going to live through this, but let's just make this movie. <laughs> Uh, i i found that really powerful it was very um it was uh, you know this is, this is the kind of movie i like want to see people making um uh so i i you know just a, just a fan i hope people check it out and their earlier stuff too and you're giving it a p for paranormal going on our shelf oh yeah i i yeah. want to i want to yeah. i mean it it, it 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 hits all the notes to do that i i think um you know just on the script alone yes it really would but
0: uh, yeah. Me too. I'm giving it a P for paranormal. It's going on the shelf. Two quick things I didn't get to. Uh, they're in my notes here that I just wanted to mention that I just think of home runs, home runs, home runs. Is the, you were mentioning funny lines. How about the hazmat suit he builds?
1: Oh, it's incredible, <laughs> man. <laughs> There's such a great visual gag with that. It's uh, so brilliant.
0: A plus. And then the other thing that really stood out was throughout the movie, they take stills of each other with handheld disposable cameras. And those are some of the creepiest haunting images I've seen in movie. And again, lesson to young filmmakers, some of the creepiest images I've seen in a film doing this whole run of this podcast were taken with a throwaway disposable camera and it made the movie creepier and mm-hmm. spookier and better. So you don't need CGI or yeah,
1: big you fancy fan- things. You don't Just need get a lot of fancy smart. stuff. Yeah. Just
0: get creative. That's it. A plus guys. Good job. All right. Top three crappy apartments in movie history. Here we
1: go. Huh? What's that? don't like my house? My house stinks? That's right, it stinks! Some place
0: stinks! Tony, uh, obviously, as we said, something in the dirt takes place in a, you know, crappy apartment. Uh, it's actually quite nice when they fix it up. But certainly at the beginning, it's rough. But it it so it feels
1: bad. It always feels bad. bad. You
0: want out. You want out. It's hot. The, it's what, the
1: color choices of the walls yeah. that they paint is really yes. nauseating. It's great. Yes.
0: So that said, it made us think of, boy, bad apartments or crappy apartments in movie history. Uh, Tony, would you like to start or do you want me to?
1: Uh, I, I, don't have a tr- I don't really care. Okay, we we'll both get to say all of the things we want to say.
0: Well, we'll see. If my ideas are better than yours, I'm going to pull a John and subvert your stupid Levi ideas and take over the list.
1: All right, my my list will be in another language and you won't understand it even. That's so you, Leo. Yeah, right, bougie. I know, I'm bougie. Go ahead. <laughs> All right,
0: uh, number three is a bit of a deep pull and a weird one because it's from a movie called First Reformed with Ethan Hawke. He plays a priest and the apartment ends up playing a really key role in this film and where his character goes. I will not give it away, but I think it's like an metaphor the apartment itself is very important and i always think of it when i think of apartments in movies because you know the apartment kind of just represents this kind of path he's going down and then what happens to the apartment is just really unbelievable so yeah first reformed it's a uh it's a terrifying apartment to me
1: uh, i remember that that's a gr- that's a great call um you know it's not supernatural but it's a great call right mm-hmm. um and well, mine aren't. I mean, uh, mine aren't either. I'm just picking on you for no reason. Yeah, that was that. That's a that's a great movie too, and a really really, really it blew uh, me heavy. away.
0: I, the day I saw it, it's I've been in my head ever since, years ago. So yeah,
1: yeah. Um, good call. Um, uh, my uh, let's see what we do here. This is this is gonna be tough. Okay, I know what I'm gonna okay. do. Okay, mm-hmm. my number three would be uh, the apartment at the end of a movie called With Nell and I.
0: Never heard a, of it.
1: British film from the 80s that uh, was one of the funniest movies for me back in the day. Um, Richard E. Grant, it's his first breakout movie. Okay. And uh, it's about two really like drunken, wasted British actors, Mm. theater actors who have no money and no fame at all. Mm. Um, And they take a week, they have to get out of London because somebody, they owe somebody money. So they take a week in the country together. And it's hysterical. Their relationship is really funny. Similar things to this. I would not be surprised if Benson and Moorhead knew this movie. I see. Um, And um, it ends, it's kind of like in this, it's at the end of the 60s. So it's this terrible flat in London where this guy is just smoking the biggest joint you've ever seen and pontificating <laughs> in your face and he won't shut up and it's oh just, god it, it, you can smell it like you know yes. what it smells like it's yes. it's a it, it's a terrible place
0: like an embodiment of what I was talking about earlier being stuck yeah. in a uh, yeah. Richard Grant's in this movie I see Yeah, okay. Richard yeah. Grant. Yeah. Oh, he's great. All right. Great call. A uh, deep pull, another one going on. Again, I've been compiling this arc and list of recommendations, movies I've never heard of that I'm going to watch. Uh my number 2 is from Parasite, the family's apartment that they are crammed into that plays such a crucial role in just? That's my number one. Come on. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. I, okay. I, I, it's fine. Great. That's great second thing that came to mind when we talked about Kra- yeah I, I, I think
1: that's the that that may be the most that may be the worst apartment i've ever seen in a movie i mean it really has <laughs> I, I think it has to be number one for me i agree uh, it so is good. i mean when the toilet starts exploding and oh it's just oh it's my god just business as usual like i oh
0: my god just amazing yeah the way they're they have to literally contort their bodies just to live in the apartment yeah, it's freaking incredible. incredible great stuff yeah. Uh, let's do your number two then. And then we'll, we'll re-talk about your number one.
1: Okay. My number two, uh, actually, um, will say, uh, well, what's a special mention? What's not? All right. Maybe I'll shame you. Maybe this was your number one.
0: I hope you take it.
1: Frickin Rocky Balboa's apartment is the worst place to live. I'm going to
0: play a little something for you right now. Hey, Cuff and Link. These my turtles, Cuff and Link.
1: I did that for you, Maddie. I it's brought I, I brought in the new year, and I wanted to be the first person to bring up uh, the Rocky franchise. And for you, this is like gift of the magi. Yeah, I didn't get you a Christmas
0: gift. Well, no, remember the gift of the magi? Like he buys his wife a brush, but she cuts her hair off, and then he she buys him a the, watch.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Okay, there's an old thing. <laughs> he gets her a brush, but she cuts her hair and sells her hair to buy him a watch chain, but he sold the watch to get the brush, so they give each other nothing that they can use. And And they starve. You put put Rocky in number one. I have it on my honorable mention as a gift to you. I wasn't going to mention
1: it. Hey! We're so... We've learned how to to treat each other by now. It's nice. Uh, um, My number one, actually, is John
0: Doe's apartment in Seven, uh yeah when they go to um as I, it turns out we don't know to the time but it's the I, killer's apartment.
1: dude that's great oh that's great i only didn't pick seven because i couldn't decide whether the the guy he kills in the beginning sloth's apartment is worse than his
0: it, it, it put them both on 1a and 1b absolutely
1: the, the whole all of seven is a bad apartment it's <laughs> the whole place you got it. any apartment in there i wouldn't be scared to be in everybody stay outside
0: what are you talking about talk in front of stairs
1: yeah and then we let
0: him go uh any honorable mentions we missed
1: well I do yeah I mean because we jockeyed around here uh I, I'm gonna say my honorable mention and it could possibly be what we name the whole thing after uh is, is Barton Fink
0: oh of course jeez arguably yeah. a
1: hotel room but it's a it's a yeah Transient hotel, so it means yeah. people live there, and I think that's maybe the scariest apartment to live in.
0: Uh, that's a absolutely good call. um I had this is really your movie. I never would have known about it if you hadn't told me about it. I watched it years ago in my New York City years. The long goodbye with Elliot Gould. Oh yeah, his apartment. Uh, he lights a match on the wall. I remember at one point. Uh, although cool apartment, amazingly way, cool, right? but yeah. a
1: total dump at the same Wouldn't time. Wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, I totally this, want to be there, but it's. A, I've been worse and worse. I've
0: been this, in so many worse. This might be cheating, but because it, it is an apartment technically, but it's in a lighthouse. The lighthouse, that horrific, cramped. Yeah. Bleh.
1: I Bleh. don't want. I don't want to have. I don't want it.
0: I don't want to be in that place.
1: I don't want to be anywhere near that movie or that place.
0: And finally, uh, uh, the movie Bug. With, uh, oh yeah, a, great! A call. movie. I think great it's a call. motel room, maybe though. So that might be cheating. But just get me out of that freaking great
1: call. And uh, you know, for, while we're at it, uh, you know, uh, Rosemary's Baby may be the ultimate bad apartment to be in. It may be amen. the worst. It might look pretty, but get me out of there. Get you don't want to be there.
0: Let's call it the Rosemary's Baby apartment. Okay. apartment
1: list. All right,
0: <laughs> the apartment.
1: It, it really is.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, Tony! All right, uh, great first episode. Just kick off twenty twenty three. Glad we're uh, back. Next week, I believe, if we can manage it, we're going to have a special guest who recommended this film. A film we mentioned in the very first season, and we referenced a couple of times throughout the run of this podcast, so we feel like we should actually cover it. It is the classic Invasion of the Body Snatchers starring Donald Sutherland, the 70s version. So rewatch, Join us back here with special guest Amelia Campbell-Arkin, if we're Mm -hmm. lucky.
1: If we're lucky. I
0: love it. I think we can work it out. Uh, Tony? Happy New Year, buddy. Love you, You man. too, man. You too. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Rated P for Paranormal. Please rate, review, and share. It really does make a difference. For more information, to participate, and even donate, go to our main page, anchor.fm slash rated paranormal. On social media, we're at rated paranormal. All music is by Andrew Galdens Jr. You can find him on Instagram at KidRiga or go to the rocket science.bandcamp.com. This podcast was created, written, produced, and edited by Maddie Blake and Anthony Arkin.
1: Experience. <laughs>
0: I, even is,
1: something like this. I saw white noise. not gonna really comment on that.